Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Audible. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the SFL Audible. It's your man, Nelson, and your boy, Ben, here tonight. Casey couldn't make it. Uh, feeling a little bit under the weather today. Uh, ben, how you feeling this evening? I'm doing good. I'm uh, currently watching the Patriots get their ass whooped right now. But uh, other than that, it's going well. And uh, I hope everybody had a great Christmas with their family, a nice relaxing one. And we're just under a month away from the start of the uh, season 16 of the SFL. So it's getting exciting. Yeah, I know. It is It is kind of that uh, time where not much is happening. But I do want us to uh, follow up and, and talk about kind of how this season is going to be looking, at least week one and week two, how those schedules are looking, any games that we really anticipate, any games that are really going to be out there uh, to be recognized. And then kind of talking about some of the signings that came through of some of these rookie uh, players. So should be very exciting, should be very exciting of a night tonight. And like I said, uh, KT, we wish you the best, man. I know you're under the weather, so hope you are recovering and hopefully it is nothing serious. So kind of talking about before we get started, right? Um, You know, you did say happy holidays, right? I hope a lot of people got rest. I hope they were able to spend some type of uh, time with family. Um, I got to spend time with my dad, my in-laws, my uncle. So everybody that I cared about spending time with, I, I, I got to do the same thing. Hopefully you were able to do the same thing too, man. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I couldn't uh, spend time with my grandparents, obviously, because they're in that high-risk category, but uh, I went over to my aunt and uncle's house, and we had a good time, um, had a nice lamb dinner, and I, I was surprised. I got a surprise present this year. I got an Oculus Quest too, so that's really exciting. I can't wait to see how that goes. I've uh, never had a virtual reality type of uh, technology, so it will be really cool to see what that's like. That was a really popular gift this year. Like I had a, uh, actually yeah. Zeke Zeke asked me to hunt one down. I was able to, I wasn't <laughs> able to get that done because again everything was for customers or whatnot. But um, you know definitely this is kind of that was kind of like the it gift. If you couldn't get a PS5, then maybe you could have got an Oculus. Exactly. Yeah. Which I felt like yeah. it was a little bit more attainable. So I'm I'm glad, man. I saw you got some fleet gear as well. So I was I was pretty excited oh, yes, about I that got too. Two jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, and a sweatshirt yeah. too. So. I was happy about that, too, yeah. Now, before we get started, I do want to, again, if you are looking for any jersey, Portland Fleet, or any of your other favorite SFL teams, go to Sector 6. Uh, you can type it in or, or put whatever the name is, and they'll pop up right then and there. But uh, since you got a jersey, real quick, because I always love to hear it, uh, how do the jerseys fit, and, and what was your thoughts of the jersey quality itself? I liked it. I think I got a size too big. To be honest, uh, it's bigger than I expected. I got an extra large because I like uh, longer shirts, um, but it's a little big. But it was nice and it was an easy process too. I uh, I bought it on the weekend um, uh, when it was a couple weeks ago when they had that like thirty five percent off, fifty percent off, Friday whatever deal. it was. Yeah, the Black Friday deal. So that was that was really helpful to to. You know, it wasn't as pricey, but uh, it was an easy process. Um, 
and I did get a sweatshirt too, and it's, that fits really well and size and comfy. So, yeah, just representing my team out here. And uh, I also saw that I think uh, Mel did too. He got a couple jerseys also. So yeah, Mel Mel came through with the jerseys as well. So they look they look amazing and nice. And I kicked myself in the <laughs> butt that I missed the uh, Black Friday deal. I had everything set up. I just forgot to go ahead and, and finish the rest. <laughs> and then when everything was said and done. The deal was gone, so I will be getting my Portland Fleet jersey eventually when the price is right again. But um, definitely was a great opportunity, and I love to hear it since Sector 6 is a partner of ours, uh, partner of the SFL, rather, but um, awesome to hear. So talking about week one schedule. So it says here week one schedule will start January 23rd through the 24th. Now, we have a couple games. Uh, Denver at Sioux Falls, Louisiana at Vancouver, Mexico City at Charleston, Florida at Lone Star, Houston at Jacksonville, Arizona at Baltimore, Fort Worth, Queen City, St. Louis at Portland, uh, Carolina at Las Vegas, Tulsa at uh, Atlanta, London at D.C., and San Diego at Los Angeles. So talking about week one, those are all the week one games. Which one really sticks out to you, Ben? Which one are you most excited about? And which one are you kind of least, I guess, excited about uh, seeing that week one? Um, I would say I have, I actually have two, um, that I'm excited about. Um, first is definitely Baltimore, Arizona at Baltimore, uh, rain defending championships, which is a very good, uh, Arizona organization and team. Um, I also think Denver and Sussex Falls, that that's going to be a great matchup to watch. Uh, just the two teams that are near the top just every season. I, I guess it's the game that I, uh, maybe Houston, Jacksonville. I don't know. I mean, they all look good, but I would have to say my least favorite game of that week it's probably Houston, Jacksonville. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm gonna tell you some of these uh, the Louisiana and Vancouver because of the of the That's rivalry good. they had going to last play, mm-hmm. uh, the playoffs and uh, Louisiana knocking out Vancouver uh, to go. So I, I think again that's a huge game to kind of look at and see. Um, the next game I probably interested in seeing just because again it is a brand new team, but London at DC, right? DC had a scrimmage today, um, and again that's a generic playbook, generic everything. So you honestly don't see what the team is, right? But you know, week one against a team like London, who's in the rebuild stage, and DC being in a building stage, uh, very interesting game to see uh, to see where one London puts themselves at right if this is a win for them then again movement in the right direction and then if dc ends up winning it then again you know kind of seeing that process on the other side and dc having their first win so i think that's a very exciting game if i'm gonna say one i'm not too excited about uh i don't don't know because you know the houston and jacksonville seem like one i wouldn't probably be too excited about um yeah, I think that's the only one. Yeah, I think I can agree with you on that one. You know, maybe the Tulsa at at at, at uh, Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. Um, you know, would be one that I'm not like again. All great games lined up. It just doesn't. There, I don't really think there's anything against Tulsa and Atlanta, so it's not like really a rivalry game. And I don't think there. I don't know. Is that a divisional game? Um, hmm. it might be. I think it might be. Yeah. So maybe if it's a divisional game, then maybe that would be um, one that 
that uh, will be big. And we actually have a, a reaction here that says Houston versus Jacksonville played the uh. first round of the playoffs and then went into OT. So he is sharing okay. some key facts that might change how that game is. And that's that's kind of the, the piece that, you know, we're seeing. I'm seeing, you know, Louisiana and Vancouver in a situation where if Vancouver would have won, they probably would have been in that final four, right, um, before the championship. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I thought that kind of that kind of hit. But it's good information. Thank you, Scorpion King, for that information about um, in season 15 how Jacksonville and Houston played, and that almost went into OT. So huge game there. Uh, week two, which is January 30th to the 31st, we have Sioux Falls at Baltimore, uh, Mexico City at London, Jacksonville at Florida, Vancouver at Atlanta, Lone Star at Carolina, Arizona at Charleston, Queen City at St. Louis, Fort Worth at Louisiana, Las Vegas at San Diego, Los Angeles at Houston, Portland at Tulsa, and D.C. at Denver. So out of those games, which games are you, same thing, which games are you most excited about and which games do you feel like not as excited for watching? Um, so I would say the top games, obviously, Sussex Falls at Baltimore, pretty much the championship right there. I mean, it's, it's not going to get any better than that, especially early on in the season like that. That's going to be a really good game to watch. Um, I'm also interested in D.C. and Denver, actually. Um, it, you know, D.C. is a new and upcoming team. It will be really, really interesting to see how they play against Denver. Um, that's a, you know, a big test for them to start the year in the second week of the season. So, um, and I guess the game that, um, no, not necessarily the least interested in, but I think this is going to be an absolute blowout is going to be Mexico City at London. Mexico City is going to win that game big, um, I, in my opinion. Um, and I, I don't know. That's one game I don't feel it's going to be as great as the others. Um, but I'll still watch it. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, so some games that I'm I'm looking at again, yeah, the Sioux Falls at Baltimore repeat of the championship. Probably is the biggest eye opening one. It's like, okay, here we go. Here's an opportunity for um them to 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 get a situation to play that, right? Uh and then we got a reaction. So it says here, uh, from Scorpion King, <laughs> London got a new O. C. mid season and their offense took off from there. So basically sharing us to saying, Hey, look, maybe we want to reconsider what London is. You know, again, they are in the rebuild status. So yep. and I know yep. and I know they took your favorite position in the draft, yeah. so maybe that's why you're writing them off. <laughs> a minus, a minus. So and we're gonna talk about that too, right? I I do want to give some conversation around that um the the that kind of uh, review that we got from the draft, mm-hmm. and I'll be happy to shed some light on some key things that I feel again um, were missed in, in some of that reviews, but again. Like he says, he only knows some things from there. And then he also wanted to make sure Scorpion King says, London lost a couple good D linemen that yeah, will hurt exactly. them. So, yeah. again, I think it's a give or take. And, and we talked about it a little bit, um, Eddie. It's, it's, it's kind of like the, hey, it, against the D.C., when I was talking about D.C. versus London, D.C. is in that complete rebuild status, and London is in that building back up again, right? And I think any game that London plays is going to be everybody's going to be watching London a little bit more than they normally have, simply because of the fact of how much of the changes from the front office to 
players moving forward and players that they drafted and everything else. So I think it'll be exciting to see where London kind of goes from here. I think they definitely kept a lot of the pieces or some of the, I think the pieces that were important to them during the off season. And then after that gave an opportunity to build up from there. So um, I think that's going to be very interesting as well. Um, Los Angeles at Houston, I think will be, I'm very interested to see how Los Angeles is going to do. It was the San Diego versus Los Angeles on the first week that I was kind of like, ah, don't know so much, right? Um, in the sense of I just felt like Los Angeles still kept the core group out of their Chicago team, plus adding some players through the offseason. That kind of made it a little interesting. But I feel like more around the Los Angeles versus Houston situation would be very interesting with Houston. All the pieces they added, right? So new quarterback, damn near almost a new team, right? And then – uh, you have Los Angeles coming in and, and that just situation coming together. I think that would be an exciting game as well, uh, just because of what they had to go through from there. And then uh, we'll talk about week three, then we'll talk about the reaction uh, from what we're talking about, the review that uh, Josh Miller put out there, which, again, for for him, he did say, hey, I don't know what everything went behind certain things, but I think, again, we can share that afterwards. But week three, we have Baltimore at uh, Denver. Jacksonville at San, at San Diego, uh, Lone Star at Houston, Atlanta at Queen City, Charleston at F- Sioux Falls, St. Louis at Louisiana, Carolina at Florida, Las Vegas at Los Angeles, uh, Tulsa at Fort Worth, London at Arizona, Portland at Vancouver, and D.C. at Mexico City. So uh, what about those games, Ben? Uh Definitely the Baltimore-Denver game is one to watch. I also think Lone Star at Houston. you got a Texas rivalry um, right there. Um, and then you you have Portland traveling to Vancouver, which is going to be a big test for Fort Portland at the beginning of the season. Um, I don't know. I think D.C. is going to get smoked against Mexico City in that game. Um, St. Louis is going to obviously get smoked against Louisiana, too. I, I don't see them winning that game either. But it will be interesting to see Christian Brown, um, obviously as the new quarterback there, how he treats that tough game on the road. Um, because, you know, let me see. They start the season off against Portland, then they're at home. But I think this is their biggest matchup so far um, to start the year. So it be really interesting in that game to see how Christian Brown reacts to that tough environment in Louisiana. Yeah, I, I think um... – that Portland at, at Vancouver game is going to be huge because we played Vancouver last season and we got blew out, right? Like, so mm-hmm. you come back into that area and try to, um, you know, grow from it and learn from it to a great team like Vancouver. I mean, they, they're the ones projected to win it all in our division, right? So week three to go against them, somebody who, again, they haven't lost much people to begin with. And then we, lost a few, but we also were able to gain a few as well, right? Um, we'll be very yep. interested to see where our growth goes from there and then kind of um, and, and, and where we're at in that point in time because this is a divisional rival, right? Uh, it looks like here Scorpion King put uh, Charleston Blue out uh, Sioux Falls last season, two times champion game. Sioux Falls will look for redemption. And then he says, London beat AZ after DJ Moses got hurt. Uh, AZ is looking for revenge. So Eddie wants to let us know that in week three, he's definitely circling the London versus um, Arizona game, and he'll be yeah. happy to host them with some tea and crumpets and making sure that they feel right at home when he gives them that spanking. So 
Um, if we can skip to week five real quick. Um, there was a big right. game that week. Uh, Portland at San Diego. It's, they've been talking a lot of trash already about Portland. <laughs> well, guess what? We're going to go in there. I got that game marked on my calendar already. We're going to go in there and kick your ass, okay? Yeah, but it's, it's all in good fun, I know. <laughs> I know. But um, they, they remind me, it's not the San Diego Mavericks. It's really the New York Jets. That's that's what their team truly is. So when we go in there and win by 35 points or more, uh, just remember we got bulletin board material during the draft from you guys. So <laughs> I'm going I'm to tell you, right, um, that game – for us, we're looking forward to it. I think, uh, honestly, uh, Tyler went ahead and make sure, um, <laughs> making sure that he yeah. put it out there to, to our owner, and we just wanted to respond back saying, "Hey, look, I hope you guys come prepared. I, I know we will, and we're very excited mm-hmm. to uh, definitely go against the rival, which looks like it's going to be a rival for years to come." So I'm very. Oh, I can't wait. See how it's that gonna game be fun. Goes. It's gonna be really fun. Um, yeah, which will be really huge, right? To kind of see from there. Um, <laughs> and again, divisional games is kind of um, is kind of again even huge to kind of watch. And I like these this whole breakdown of the divisions because honestly, the breakdown of the divisions kind of builds more around that that rivalry. And San Diego is definitely one of them. So um, with that being said, let's kind of talk about. I, I want to kind of clarify, and then I want your thoughts about uh, that 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 we read, right? So I we were in our locker room enjoying, you know, some you know things together and whatnot as a team, and then I tell you guys, hey, look, it looks like somebody had posted uh, about how our draft went. Now uh, that was Jason Miller again all respects to Jason Miller because, again, it's mm-hmm. not easy to sit here in one grade. And he says it, too. It's it's almost impossible to really try to grade anybody, right, because you don't know how they're going to pan out, nor do you understand the other side of it. But we'll talk about all the all the teams that he gave scores to, who are their picks and who they scored to. And then finally, what, what kind of, I want to give some clarification, and I want you to go ahead and share your thoughts as well. But um, we'll start with Carolina Skyhawks with an A, which uh, picked up Cliff Grizzly at, in the eighth pick, and then the 29th pick picked up uh, Monte Wyatt. Uh, Legion got an A. They picked up at the 17th pick uh, Josh Farnsey, and at the 37th pick uh, Achilles Papatanis. Papa, um, London got an A minus with their fourth pick in the draft. Your favorite player, uh, a kicker, of course, right? Jack Lewis. Uh, then pick 25 was Emmanuel Blackman. And then round two was uh, linebacker Sorok Black, uh, the champ, part of the championship team in the minors. Uh, we have the Arizona Scorpions at A minus, who got uh, pick 13, Bernard Smith, the fourth, as well as uh, pick 33, uh, defensive tackle Max Knight. And then we get into the losers. So we only had three winners out of all the teams, right? Then we're going to go into the losers. So, D.C. got a D, right, picking Kevin Say at running back at number two. Josh Gill, wide receiver at number uh, at 23. Uh, pick 41 with Ziggy Hornick at number four, uh, 41. And then round three was too many to list, but he yeah. gave it a D <laughs> on how everything yeah. kind of went and the type of players they went. Portland Fleet got a C-minus with pick number three, mm-hmm. linebacker Gary Clem, and pick number 24, uh, cornerback Leo Morris. 
uh, the Jacksonville Kings got a C at pick 18 with linebacker Keenan Samuels. And then uh, second round pick, uh, linebacker Jay Martin. So he didn't go through everybody. He just went through a few of his bottoms, a few of his tops. But I'm going to give a little bit of clarification when he comes down to Portland because that's the only one I can really talk about, right? So he says he loves the pick mm-hmm. of, of Gary Clem, and he understands that he was the number three rated, um, you know, uh, linebacker, as well as, you know, should be a piece to definitely replace in Portland. Now the piece that it seems like was a struggle while we got that C- minus was Leo Morris. So Leo Morris was ranked 11th cornerback on the board, and they that he assumed that he probably would have been part of D.C.'s third round when they were, you know, all in the third uh, day going through all their picks. But taking him at number three off the board was a shocker. Maybe I didn't do my homework on Morris. But with guys like Scott, Mike Scott, and Ragler Law there at 24, I think that this was a swing and a miss. It is no offense to Morris. I'm pro- he's probably a nice guy, and Portland must have seen something in him. However, to me, the value is too low for the first-round grade. So, um, you want me to clarify first, or would you like to go ahead and give your review first before before I go? I'll ahead. go ahead and give my review. I, I can go ahead and give my review right now. Um, I honestly agree with his first two choices, Carolina and Vancouver. I thought Carolina had a great um, – Actually, I do agree with his grade for Arizona, too. Um, I think Carolina, uh, Eddie Gage pointed this out in the, the gen chat, um, that they had a monster free agency um, signing class. I mean, they did a fantastic job. Um, and I would probably agree with him that they're probably the best. They've probably had the best free agency out of any team. Um, and just to add to that the defense, that's going to be – you know, they added a lot of linebackers. Now they get a DE, a free safety. I think that was a two. Huge. Cooper also got a steal and Achilles Papatonis. Um, I, I, London, I I don't know. I, I would have given him a B just because they kind of drafted the kicker first. But I, their, their second-round picks, Emmanuel Blackman and Saruk Black, great picks. Absolutely awesome picks by Chad Rowland there. And, and um, London, I think. Uh, Saruk Black, that was a steal. I'm surprised he went so far down um, into the second round. I thought he would have been picked earlier. Um, and Arizona, uh, Bernard Smith, uh, the fourth. Huge pick from Eddie Gage there. Um, Eddie Gage, I don't know if it's, it's going to be the, towards the end of his career. So getting a free safety in there that can he can teach you know, his tricks and trade to, um, I think that's huge. Um, DC, I don't know how you can give him a D. Um, you know, before we heard um, Lord Destro come on last week and kind of talk about why they drafted Kevin Say, I might have said that. But to be honest, Kevin Say is a great pickup for them because he's going to be the starting running back. Um, and they also had a steal um, later on, I think in the, either the thir- I think it was the third round where they drafted a great wide receiver, I believe from Birmingham. Um, yeah, so that, that was a good Not, pick. Which one? Uh, Kingston? Kingston's from uh, Salt Kingston, Lake Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Salt Lake, yeah, yeah. Kingston, yeah. He's a great player. Average, I think, over 50. Um, so, I don't know how you can give him a D. I, I would probably give him a B- minus or a B for that. Um, like, what do you expect him to do uh, because yeah. they're a new team? Like, I, I just I don't think that's a fair grade um, to give. So, that, that's my yeah. take on it. So, Clarification first, and then, you know, I appreciate, I see Ashley, Krim, 
and um and, and Eddie all having a, a wonderful conversation. Um shout outs to, to <laughs> shout outs to Eddie and all them, you know, Bernard is a young Eddie Gage. Yes, he's the you heard it here first, guys. He's a Scorpion Prince. Uh if you wanna go ahead and patent that, patent pending. Um <laughs> you guys can go ahead and do that. Send me my check, Eddie, for that. Um but in all honesty, right, let's talk about Portland. Uh, Eddie was like, you know, they didn't like the the Clem pick. It wasn't that they didn't like the Clem pick. It seems like more they didn't understand the Leo Morris pick. So I want to give some clarification so folks understand uh, how Leo Morris came to be, um, the decision that was taken to get into that point and everything else. So we believe, as Ben can attest to, we believe in our players, right? We don't want our players to ever have to worry about, man, you know, uh, I don't have a position here or I'm going to be moved here or there, whatever. We want to instill that faith in players to understand that if we chose you, we chose you for a reason. And we understand that this team is the plan is to stick together for as long as we possibly can learning from great people like Eddie, who says that's kind of the key to success. Right. So um, Leo, if we would have got anybody higher than Leo, we would have ran into a situation where that bumped Chris Stotch and Chris is our, is, is a pick that we picked last season. Um, homegrown talent, right? He's from that area in Washington. Um, and he's been such a phenomenal player, right? Uh, the game against Denver, he took the pick six back um, and, and got us on the board against a great team like Denver. And honestly, we didn't want to bring somebody in here um, and, and have that type of situation where um, <laughs> that ends up being a, 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 a you know, where, where Chris lost his position. So somebody like Leo Morris, who came right underneath him, had still really solid stats, right? Like he was maxed out in, in speed. He had a couple other things that were going towards him. And we did look at, at Mike Scott, right? Uh, shout out to Mike Scott. I'm so happy that L.A. picked up Mike Scott because I actually like him as a person and have most of the respect for him. And I didn't want to have a situation where also if we went with Mike Scott um, to – have a situation where he would he would have to take a cut, right? He worked hard to keep maintain, mm-hmm. you know, his 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 draft stock and, and 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 do his check-ins and everything else. So I felt like that would be unfair, Mike, to take a pay cut to come play for us. Yes, we would have had the best talent in that situation, but knowing the guy, respecting him, caring about who he was as a person, made me say, hey, let's go with somebody like. Uh, Leo Morris, who had a very solid build, huge dude, right? He's like six three, right? So he's a big guy playing the slot, um, but definitely solidifies uh, that that position. And he comes in being able to grow around, um, <laughs> growing around people. Uh, these, these Eddie, shout out to Eddie and Ashley making me crack up in the chat, uh, talking about my patent pending. Uh, Scorpion Prince. Hey, I'm just saying, right? Like, cut me the check whenever y'all ready. Uh, we we all good, you know. <laughs> but I, I think that good understanding. And Leo's such a great, like, since he's been with us, you know, he has been such always in the locker room saying good morning, engaging when he can. Right? He has a job that is very demanding, mobile wise, so he can't always hit us up. But when he gets an opportunity to, he makes sure he jumps up in, into the locker room and everything else. And overall, just the person he was, the the vision he had, the understanding he was he was happy, more than happy to contribute. He wanted to find any way to to contribute to the team, and um, that's why we went with Leo versus going with Mike Scott. Ragler Law, 
would have been in the same concept, asking him to take a position down. See, some teams, they could do that, right? They could take a Mike Scott because they had two established corners already. So them taking a third who wouldn't have bumped down that list, of course, but because we believe in them, we believe in, in Leo, we believe in all that. That's why we decided to take Leo in the first round. It's not like we had a choice to even skip, so I don't even know why that would even be an option. Like, we only got two picks that we can do, and we needed a, a nickel corner anyway. So um, that's why the pick happened, regardless whether you felt like he was too high or not. Um, that's kind of giving the explanation behind it. Mike Scott, great guy. Uh, wish him all the best in L.A. Um, and was very happy when he did get picked up by L.A. because, again, he at least gets to stay close. Um, and then, you know, why we went with, why we went with Leo was for that reason. Just a really good guy. Um, very chill, very understanding of what we want to do here in Portland. Um, and was okay with playing the nickel and and not even just okay. Like in the sense of, oh man, you know, I don't want to play nickel. Like, no, he was like, Hey, whatever you need me to do to help Portland become successful, I'm there. And that's all you can ask for. Right. And, uh, so shout outs to him. I think. You know, that's that's kind of the part that I feel like a lot of folks miss. They can't always talk to everybody. They can't see what's in the locker room or in the war room and why we do certain things. But Leo was just a perfect fit because, one, his contract came underneath Chris Stotches, which shows that we believe in our in Chris Stotch, and I think he's going to be a beast with Derek Majors this offseason. You guys are going to see such a different dynamic from them. But I think it's also, too, he gets to grow – the people who get drafted by Portland understand that you're coming in to play a position and play a need. Yes, but you're being supported by people around you who see that, but you're not taking anybody's job. And uh, that, that, that feels good as a player to know that I can give my best and play my best and still be part of a great organization like Portland. So that kind of shares that, right? Um, the grades, I don't disagree. I don't think anybody had a bad draft, right? So I no. think that's kind of the tough part for, for, folks to say, hey, somebody had a bad draft. I think if you mix it, I think there should have been more of an overall, maybe, if you wanted to share that. Hey, look, an overall grade, not just talking about the people who were picked up, but during the draft, but people that were picked up in general, uh, Eddie was talking about how Carolina had one of the best free agencies, picking up previous uh, Portland player, Amon Takes, uh, picking up uh, Kane Vasquez, right, the free safety, like, there's a lot of pieces that were there, plus what they were trying to build originally um, is still all there as well. So I, I can definitely see where uh, Eddie was talking about the overall, um, the overall, uh, uh, you know, grade, if we were to give a grade that Carolina definitely did have it. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's unfair, right? But it, it's kind of like same thing when we had our first, so our first season draft, when we drafted the 13 players, a lot of, some people felt like, hey, Portland had a really good draft, and others felt like, nah, because of certain whatever the case may be. Like, we give an example, Dakota Johansson. Uh, when Dakota Johansson was drafted, I know a lot of people kind of had question marks, right? They're like, hey, why did they go with secondary builds at that time, Devin King, and went with uh, Dakota Johansson? Well, when we had Dakota and we had Shot Allen, who you know is 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 on Portland, right? They played together in 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 um in in Ottawa, Ottawa. right? And I love the dynamic yep. that they played, right? So when I picked them both, I knew exactly how they would play because they played with each other through the minors, and you could see how they could play off of each other. So I was like, I want that same 
for our backfield, if I have two rookies who know how to play with each other, then you're going to see that dynamic kind of play, which Dakota was uh, a nominee for being a defensive rookie of the year. So I'm going to tell you from that standpoint, not everybody understands where you're coming from. Dakota was a great guy, right? I wish him the best, whatever's going on with him, whatever's happening with him. We haven't talked to him since, but um, you know, hope the best for him. But that gives you the example is that, you know, the way I, I scout and co- I scout and I find players for our teams, there is a process and I don't have to share it, right? It's kind of a proprietary, you know, process. So if you are expecting to hear what I do to evaluate talent, you, you're not going to get it on this show tonight. But I think, again, when you look at everything, that's kind of the piece of the puzzle is some of that team chemistry. There's a reason why we drafted um, Gene and Art together, right? Because we love the chemistry that it was for uh, Ottawa. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we had the opportunity to draft Connor. Um, but, you know, uh, everything happens for a reason because Ben was on our board. We were talking to Ben and look at that relationship happen. And now I have all three Ottawa uh, wide yeah. receivers, which was the season that Ottawa went to the championship. So definitely means you guys play well with each other as well. So I look at that kind of chemistry and, and, and I look at reproducing what I want to see on the field. And I know everybody loved the Clem pick. Um, the Clem pick wasn't really what got us to C minus. It was the Leo Morris pick, but hopefully folks now understand that background of it to try to tell somebody to take a pay cut as a rookie while you made sure each, you know, each day, each week, sorry, you were on top of your check-ins. I felt like that was a little bit unfair. And as much as you wanted to have a great player like that, sometimes it doesn't work out. But as a GM, I had to still do the work, right? Because Leo was on the bottom of that list. But I went through every single potential player that possibly could. And Leo was was loved by myself, loved by Art, and loved by Jacob, which at the end of the day was what we do with every pick. And he was a simultaneous pick that we brought into the organization. So shout out to Leo. But um I'm, I'm, I love to give that, and I think, again, unfair for D.C. I think D.C., like you said, got uh, Kensington Ellington, which was great. They got their tight end, and Hornick, that's, that's, that's really good, right? Um, they didn't need – like, they had their two backfields set up. So getting, like, Eric Gugger, right? I talked to Eric Gugger last season, and he's a really cool dude, right? Um, so I'm very happy to see that he found a spot. Um, they got – who else did they get that I'm trying to – because I know their list was super long. And not everybody got a chance to take a look, but I think they got oh the, the last build the guy the guy the last wide receiver they got as well, who everybody was talking about his build. Um, geez, and it, it escapes my name, escapes, escapes my mind right now. Hold on, I'm is trying it, to see if I can pull it, it up. Jeff Banfield. Yeah, Jeff Banfield, right? Like, yeah, they were talking about him as well, how great he was, and then Exodus O'Brien. Yep. You know, uh, mm-hmm. right now Eddie Gage is, is giving us some things there, right? So that was a good pickup. He talked about yeah, he just said Eric was a nice pickup as well. Um, I feel like they did they did good. I mean, you didn't have to really overreach for any of these players, but you got really good, uh, you know, uh, uh, what a what is the word? Value within those picks, right? So Riley Coos came out to be really good, and we'll talk about contracts afterwards, right? Um, you had. Uh, we talked about Kennington. Uh, K. Mar- uh, Marion was was spoke about why why that choice was made, and if they're going to take over all their um, 
social media for DC. Well, hey, that's an amazing pick right there. You got a great value and somebody that will help you out. Um, Gary John, I know, did well. They talked about Casey Husky, uh, David Leathers, who's listening to the show tonight. What up, David? Uh, was also picked up, which was a great pickup. David has been an amazing person to speak to through the whole process. And then picking up John uh, DeSantini, which I felt like was was really good as well. And then Jeff Banfield. So, I, again, do they deserve a D? No. I don't know all these players by heart, but I've seen these players play, and I've seen these players in their chats, and they are more than upstanding people. So would I give them a D? No. Maybe a better understanding of seeing. Like, again, we all kind of came to the presumption, hey – pick you know better people here and there maybe trying to build their boards a little bit differently but if you felt like these players will be here into into season their second and third season well hey then it wasn't a loss anyways right um and i and i like i like what people did with it like tulsa had some pretty good picks i mean jason france picking up jason france was a huge pick as well uh, i know they didn't talk about it but then you know again giving florida who's been a championship caliber team before as well, giving them a downgrade. I mean, like, again, I understand it's hard to really choose um, when it comes down to the end of the day. And I would love to see maybe an overall for all of the other teams, again, with their free agency, with their draft, which you may presume their overall grade will be. And then after that, um, maybe describing it from there. But I, I, again, from our viewpoint, I think we had an amazing draft. I think we got everything we needed. We got people who will be here for the future. If you don't know about Gary Clem, he's also boys with Gary Bernie. So we got the beast and we have the captain who, you know, will hold it down for us. And again, Mel Davis in the middle, KT, our co-host on this show to, to there as well. Like, I, I think, again, you're going to, a lot of our team from season 15 is returning and we added Ezekiel Love, we added Benjamin Warner, we added KT, which were great um, foundational pieces as well, and then brought in two fantastic rookies to come in and fill that gap. So I think, again, not biasedness, but I think Portland would definitely make some noise this season. That would be very exciting, and I'd love to see what the overall grade is and draft is from there. So now that we kind of talked about that, Ben, let's talk about contracts, and then we'll open up the floor Um you know, if, uh, if, uh, you know, anybody has any questions or anything like that, or want to call into the show, go ahead. Remember the number is, uh, 516-481-5467. You can call in or you can chat with us in the discord. Like we have Eddie Gage, shout out to Eddie Gage, uh, Ashley, David, and, uh, Andre Krim, uh, all in the chats, having fun, laughing it up and happy holidays to each and every one of you folks as well. If you're listening, um, hope your holidays were great. So, Contracts. So, any any contracts really stand out from you from any of these rookies um, that came through? I think it was really interested to see now everything pen and paper and seeing where some of these rookies were valued at. But what was what were your thoughts about those signings? Yeah, I think it's not so much of the signings, but it's the types of contracts the rookies got. Um, because obviously, just comparing them to last year. Uh, last year's rookies, that no one is even close. I mean, let's just take Javier Vasquez, for example, 84 mm-hmm. overall. But due to the rule change now, um, Q, who's been in the league, been in the SFLM for a while now, um, comes in with 10 points higher, over 10 points higher with the 95.5 
contract. So it's just really interesting to see these jumps in player contract due to the rule change where um, there was no, like, limitation like there was, um, you know, before. Um, The ability for them to make player changes and add, you know, points to what they felt was necessary to make their player better. Um, and I thought Riley Quintero signing, I mean, Denver gets almost a 90 overall wide receiver at 88.8. I mean, that's crazy for that type of offense. Um, just, you know, just looking at them last year, they're one of the top offenses in the league. Now they get a wide receiver coming out at almost at 90. So, um, you know, I think another good signing for Vegas is Colin Pierce at 88.6. And then Kevin Say for D.C. at a 95. I mean holy crap, like, I mean, that's going to be huge for D.C. with a 95 overall wide receiver to start the season. Yeah, and even, too, like, J.Q.'s, which Ashley mentioned there, uh, J.Q.'s comes in at a 95. Like, that's a huge Mm -hmm. contract for a rookie coming out. And so my thoughts of it, right, like, I appreciate it, but I felt like I got gypped our our first season, right? Like, so – yeah. Yeah. You guys were capped, and you didn't get everybody at the value, which I feel like, again, if you were able to get everybody at actual value, you would mm-hmm. see that, but you kind of see that uh, buffer difference where, you know, for this season, just like I gave that example, right, like we had to look at Leo because we, we believed in Chris Stotts so much. So that kind of gave us that limitation because these rookies came out way higher than any of the other rookies from last season, right? So... um and Eddie shares a lot of these rookies will be getting animations this season, which is huge, right? But I felt like, again, it, it made it very difficult, um, you know, and, and, and Cam said, to be fair, JQ was here for three seasons. He deserves it 100%. Uh, I just think, again, quarterbacks as, such as Cam Curtis, um, you know, Brian Dynasty, uh, Ace Finnick, you know, again, they get picked up, and you know, again, their their players at this moment aren't as good as the players that were coming out based on ratings, not based on anything else, right? Because again, we can see somebody who may have a less rating may be really well in that offense. So there's other things that kind of play a factor to it. But we look at even Ezekiel Love. Ezekiel Love, this is his first rookie season as a halfback, yes, but he's coming in lower than any other halfback that was signed. Right, and we can mm-hmm. even judge to see here. Uh, Charlie uh, Belitsky came in at eighty-five point two two. That's higher than Zeke yep. was, right? Um, you had uh, we already know for a fact that uh, Kemise as well had a huge contract, right? So you have these these rookies that are coming in better than some of these rookies on last year, and then that like a team like ourselves, we got into a situation where we were trying to protect our rookies from last year and saying, hey let us take somebody less that will will go ahead and, and still allow you to keep your starting job because we believe in it. So I think for the first year teams like DC, like San Diego, I mean, this was awesome, right? Because you had the ability to really fill in your roster and fill them up with people who maybe maximize as much to try to get to the budget as possible. But then you had mm-hmm. situations like this one where you, like people see it as, oh yeah, they want to get the best talent, but you can't necessarily do that because you're trying to to still be fair to the rookies that came in last season, if that makes sense, right? So, I just think again, it it, it <laughs> it's such a 
cluster of things that that kind of go into it that it, it's honestly very difficult. But I think that that situation of them having that that pumped up number, yeah, it really did mess up some other people. Uh, yeah, I I see for me, I can't really complain because I was drafting the supplements around and they gave that rule for supplemental players where you can get if you check in all twelve leagues, you get like a certain amount of points. That really um, boosted my player up, so I'm, I can't complain on that. But I can see people that were drafted as rookies non-supplemental, and some of these players are higher than them, like coming out of the draft. That's just – and as Eddie Gage pointed out, um, he says he has a rookie going into his third season who doesn't have an animation yet. But, you know, a guy like Riley Quintero is probably going to get an animation right away because he's almost a 90. So yeah. it's just – kind of unfair to those players who have been in the league so long and you know might not have animation or you know might not be higher rated overall and weren't a part of USFLM where you could you know you could uh, boost your players with progressions every week um you know it kind of sucks because you know guys like Dean uh, Art and I when we were wide receivers in Ottawa we, we didn't we just checked in weekly we didn't do progressions I, I wish they would have had some sort of progression um you know during the first season i get it's the first season of the sflm but you know it's, it's kind of unfair to those players who you know came into this league paid their dues and but you know i, I guess this kind of gets to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago talking about uh what was it um now I'm forgetting, sorry. Um, but we had a conversation like the first show talking about um, a big topic in the league where, oh, no, running backs not yeah, yeah. or quarterbacks and running backs are not getting drafted and they couldn't switch positions and stuff. It's just, it's, 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 it's trying to find a balance to make it fair for everybody. And sometimes, um, you know, players, you know, don't get it the way they want it. And it's sometimes unfair, but, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see how this uh, transitions in later on seasons when you're going to have players coming out at almost 90 overall and have the ability to get an animation right away. Yeah, and and that's the part that, you know, again, is there any – because, again, you have the players who stay get loyalty points. So I guess that's kind of a way that you can kind of say, like, hey, um, we're trying to help those rookies out. But there is a type of inflation that came out where – Again, these came out better than others. Like, I was just looking through, and, like, a lot of these linebackers came out 8, 68, 72, right? And we were mm-hmm. benefiting with it with Clem. But think about some, the, the that came out last year. Eric Hammer, highly regarded. Jeff Gagne, highly regarded, right? Um, I, I even think the first person that was picked, which was um, Harrell, David Harrell, I don't even think he was even in the 70. I think he was a 70 if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, that was the number one linebacker to go off, and he was a 70. And you have other people who uh, – and maybe Eddie can – I see Eddie typing, so, you know. But I know Gagne came in at, like, a 60-something, right? Um, 61. He came in at a 61. He, uh, Eddie said, are Eric and, and Michael Hammer related? I don't think so. I thought Liam Hammer and Michael Hammer were related, um, but I don't. I think there's no relation with Eric Hammer 
Um, but maybe that's a conspiracy we can all kind of talk about in the chat. Or if any of the hammers are listening, if they want to clear the air about the hammer connection, um, Eddie's asking. But we would love to know here in, in SFL Audible. But, um, you know, I just think, again, those are people who are um, are pieces that I, I feel, again, you can't make everybody happy. So you, like us, right? Yeah, we got Clem and that helped us out. But then we had, you know, again, and this is not nothing to Leo, but then your board isn't as open because you're looking at great. And we were lucky to get a great player at Leo who fit everything we needed. But what was the situation if we didn't? And somebody took Leo before we could take Leo. And now we have to talk to these other corners who are up there who we have to say, hey, look, because we believe in our people, this is what we're going to do. But at least you see the benefit that it's not going to happen to you may not rub off on everybody the right way or you know you feel you feel like hey man i did all this hard work for what to be told that i have to cut my numbers can be a little bit tough so i don't know mm-hmm. I, I think there is do you do you think there's a way to kind of find a happy medium or do you think this is the closest we're going to get to finding a happy medium yeah i just we're just going to have to have to figure out plan for this i don't know it's just it's tough because you know the sflm is relatively new like it's the only it's, it's going to be third season next year so you're going to have to see you know whether or not there's going to be even new rule changes you know there's rule changes every year so we'll have to see how it benefits the players so or yeah. it just benefits doesn't benefit the players yeah i think it, it, it it's again the league is it shows that hey, at the end of the day, they want to um, make sure everybody is involved and everybody has an opportunity. I think the step forward was not capping people, but then there will be a point where those people who aren't being capped will eventually have to be brought back in some some sort. If teams don't lose players, let's just say everybody returns back to their teams, then what what happens then, right? Or what happens? Mm-hmm. If you know, I don't know, these rookies come out even better than last this these seasons rookies. Like, what do we do then, right? Um, are we gonna do something about it? You really can't because there's a loyalty system. Um, maybe there might be what I would think maybe a loyalty and draft selected. So if you were if you're lo- if you're resigning with that team and you were drafted, then maybe they give you a little bit of extra points. Um, that would be cool, right? Because, again, you're getting blessed for being loyal to that team. But then if you were loyal and drafted by them, I feel like that should give you something that is um, is really huge. <laughs> and, again, it looks like the Phoenix are the hottest trend currently in relations, Ace, Deuce, and Trey Phoenix. So um, talking about everybody's kind of relationship and who's related to who in this league is quite funny. We know the Percocos you know, with, uh, with Dr. Lauren and, and, uh, and Mike, um, that's, that's yep. family members there. Uh, the Horrells, the a bunch that came in at the same time too, <laughs> we're all connected. Um, I think it's really interesting. I think the one that I didn't know, which I, that was shared, I want to say during draft night, I didn't know Javier Vasquez and Devin King were related somehow, some way. Yep. Um, yeah. Do you Devin know what the relationship is? Yeah, I think it's his son because I remember um I think he was on Ottawa this year and I'm in that locker room so um 
Yeah, I think that's his son. Yep. All right. It, inside, yeah, Curtis, father, yeah. son. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is quite interesting what we got the information of. So we now know father and son is Devin King and Javier Vasquez, which I know Javier Vasquez isn't his real name. It's something else. So very interesting stuff. Uh, no one is in, in my family is into sports like me. I think we're going to be the only leathers laugh out loud. Uh, sorry, David. Yeah, you know what? My dad to join at some point. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, like you eventually, and that's that's kind of the part with Bernard and, and Josh Gill, right? Um, we all work together. We all uh, kind of talked, and, you know, they'll tell you, like, I try to get them involved in the league. Like, when I was like, hey, look, like, we're doing this and that and how the draft went and everything else, they shrugged me to the side for a little bit, right? They're like, man, like <laughs> – I don't know if this is really for me. And um, look at here now. Next season, season 15 went past. They saw how everything went, how the experience was, and they saw how much I really enjoyed it and how much I was a part of this league that they said, hey, I'm, I'm definitely going to um, <laughs> to go with this as well. And it looks like a lot of folks are coming out here. Cam Curtis wants to say I'm not related to Chris Curtis for the record as well. Thanks, Cam. You know, uh, I definitely thought you guys were related in one way, shape, or form. But, you know, how how ignorant am I thinking all the Curtises were related? Um, but no, in all seriousness, right? Like, I, I think again, you don't you don't end up finding people who do enjoy this until they really see how much how much passion it takes to it, and when they see you know how much work goes into it, when you're in the front office to be you know having a team running, and then also too when they see how what everything goes around um, is huge. Eddie says, I'm not related to Menard Smith the fourth. Who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe uh, this is kind of like a back to the future thing. Never know, Eddie. Maybe he's the younger you. Uh, <laughs> but, but you are to Ben Stone. Ouch. Yeah, he's right. Ben Stone is Eddie's uh, nephew. And I don't want to keep on digging into <laughs> some of these chats uh, <laughs> via marriage yet. So Looks like everybody's trying to put their dirt out here. Uh, but, no, in all seriousness, right, like, um, I think it's awesome when you can bring in people who you care for, who you love into this league because you spend a lot of time, you know, with with, with everything with the SFL. Um, and, you know, when, when your loved ones see that, they, they typically want to be involved with it too if they really, you know, want to get that extra time you put into it. So, be very excited to see if your dad does join. How serious is he? Is he thinking about joining? I don't know. He's he's not good with technology, so I'm not sure about the Discord and all. But uh, I'd I'd have to talk to him. He loves football. I know that, but I'm not sure if he's all into the uh, esports simulation type football uh, video game stuff. So we'll have to see. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna tell you, I wasn't even into Discord before getting involved, but at the end of the day, um <laughs> I'm here now. Uh <laughs> so do you have anything else uh you'd like to share with anybody, anything? Again, we didn't get much calls tonight, but I know it's the holidays and you know a lot of times it's a little bit hard to because family's around and whatnot. So do you have anything else you wanna share before we, we get out of here? Uh, uh, to be honest, not really. I'm just, uh, you know, we're, 
Let's see how many weeks. I think less than or three weeks away now from the start of the season. Yep. Two, three. Yeah, three weeks. So, um, get ready for Saturday the twenty third. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. Can't wait. We're fastly approaching. Yeah, we're fastly approaching. I think the last thing I'd like to say is thank you for everybody who's listened. Uh, thank you to Eddie. Thank you to Cam. Thank oh, you to Dan, uh, David. Thank you to Ashley. Oh, we have a question before we, we get out of here. So, predictions on Arizona's record this season. Ouch, Eddie, man, asking these hard questions. All right, let's take a look because, again, honestly. I'll go to the schedule. Uh, yeah, yeah let's, let's look at the schedule and let's see if we can give a live review of what we feel Arizona might be going. And then, Eddie, if you want to say the same thing Hang back. On, let me get the Arizona schedule in there. Um, let right. me copy and paste it. I have it. And as he does that, Eddie, I would like to hear your predictions on where you think Portland's going to go this season and predicting our record as well. But let's see here. Okay. So Arizona has Baltimore week one, Charleston Lost. at week two, uh, London at week three, Denver week four, Vegas week five, Portland week six, which we'll see you, buddy. Um uh, week seven, and if you want to post that up for them, to, for him to, to go ahead and put what he predicts, uh, Ben, on our schedule, on his, uh, if you could do that, I'm going to keep on going. Uh, so oh, we got yes, week seven in Fort Worth. Week eight is Louisiana. Week nine is Vegas. So it looks like Vegas is going to be the rivalry with, with, uh, with AZ this season. Uh, week 10, Tulsa. Week 11, Atlanta. And finish it off at week 12 with Sioux Falls. So, Week one, you say loss? Yeah, I'll, I can go through. I'll give my prediction right now. I'll go through each game. So I got them right. losing at Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. I do got them winning at uh, Charleston. Okay. Um, win versus London. Okay. Win versus Denver. Okay. Win versus Las Vegas. Okay. Um, I got loss, loss at Portland. Loss at week yeah, six, I'm, Eddie. It don't matter yeah, what the yeah. situation is. It's loss at week six against Portland. So that's four and two to first six games. And then I got them beating Fort Worth, so that's five and two. Loss at Louisiana. Um, win at Vegas. Tulsa. And I think they're going to win versus Atlanta. And Eddie says slow ball. it down for him. <laughs> he says slow it down. Okay, okay. I'll go slow. So let me start again. Okay, Baltimore, a loss. Charleston, um I got them. I got you guys winning Eddie uh, weeks two through five. So you're going to be four and one, um, and then you're going to lose to Portland. So the first six games, I got you at four and two. He said, "I want to write um, all these down." I can see Eddie with licking the pencil. Yeah, he's getting out a little notebook and being like, "All right, what we yeah. got going yeah. on here?" <laughs> yeah, he's going to message you every week if I'm wrong and say, "Ha ha, you got it wrong." Yeah, Eddie. Um, Eddie, you might want to call it in, brother, so you can. Uh... Lost versus Portland. Nah, we not taking no L on that week week <laughs> <Nope. six. laughs> All right. So so as Eddie is writing this down, we got to Portland. We know you said win for Portland, right? And then week seven against Fort Worth, you said what? Uh, hang on. Okay. So we're gonna start week seven. I got them beating Fort Worth and uh-huh. then losing at Louisiana. 
Okay. And then they're going to win the next three games. All right. So Vegas, Tulsa, and Atlanta, one, one, win, 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 uh-huh. Yeah, and then they're going to lose the last game. They're going to lose. So that that's going to get them what? One, eight and four. four. Eddie, he's calling for you guys to get an eight and four season. Uh, Let's put this. So week one, I I do have Baltimore winning, right? Just coming off of the championship game. Uh, Mm -hmm. I see the winning against the next three teams as well. Uh, Well, I'm going to give them the win in Charleston, win in London, win in Vegas. It's going to be tough, right, against Denver. Uh, Denver's already going to have four weeks of progression. Um, he says Arizona's going 12-0, and 0, so where does Portland go in, Eddie? I'm going to ask you that so we can <laughs> review what you're going to say. Um, again, we already know week six, Nelson's putting as a win. doesn't matter what the outcome is. I think they can beat uh, Fort Worth. I think they can actually beat Louisiana. I'm going to say oh, Denver's going to be tough, but I think – I think they can uh, beat Louisiana. Uh, I'll give them that. I'll give them that one as a W. Uh, I think they're going to lose against Vegas the second time around, Uh, win against Tulsa, win against uh, Atlanta, and then Sioux Falls, I think, is the loss. So what what does that end up being? Let me see. One, two, three, and four. So eight and four for me as well, but just a different outcome. All right, so it looks like he has he has all right, so he has um to be fair, last year they, they beat us. So uh Cam does confirm what I was saying. But Fort Worth again, I'm excited to see what they end up doing just because of my man Cam uh coming in there and, mm-hmm. and some of the acquisitions they made. Very excited to see what they end up doing. But let's see what Eddie says here. So Eddie has us beating St. Louis, us beating Tulsa. Us taking an L versus Vancouver, so we're two and one right now, based on Eddie's Eddie what Eddie's saying. Let's see here. Do you agree so far? Two and one right now. All right. Yeah, I got him going win over and win and over uh, Fort Worth. Okay, that would be a great yeah win because we we got some unspoken beef with that last game with Fort Worth. But I got us going five and one to start the season, five and one. The only Tulsa. loss is going to be against Tulsa is a uh, week two cam for us. Week two is where we have uh, Tulsa. All right, so Portland blows out San hey, Diego t- week five. Okay, okay. He said Eddie. Portland's going to blow out San Diego. Good choice. Good choice. All right, well, we're going we to we we put the cannons all on group chat when I mean on uh, Gen chat when that happens. Yeah. All right. And while he's still doing that, I know he's contemplating to put Portland beats uh, AZ. Portland gets advanced by AZ. <laughs> Whoa, no way. No way. All right, all right Eddie. Look, it, it's, your, it's your mock. So right now we have us one loss, two losses. So we have two losses and wins from there. So this is actually a really good season. <laughs> All right, very interested to see what he says against Denver, week seven, Houston, week eight, uh, Carolina, week nine, L.A., week 10, uh, week 11 is Charleston, and finishing off again, San Diego. So I got, I got us going five and one to start the season, and then we All beat right. Denver. That's going to be a tough Denver's match. Denver's a game that, that I think, again, 
a lot of Portland fleet. Like the the rivalry between San Diego is going to be real. We're both in the same division. This is their first year. This is our second year, right? So very interesting in those dynamics. But the Denver game, uh, I don't see your, your week seven game. Uh, week seven is, is Denver. So are you saying you don't see us winning or you don't see it at all on what you have on there? It's, we should be playing Denver week seven. Um, but I know that's definitely a game that we felt. I watched it back. And if you would have watched any other game, the way that our outcome was, we should have won it. But again, we couldn't get it done on offense. It was all a defensive. Um, I didn't see it at all. Okay, so week seven, I'm just going to repeat this again for Eddie. Week seven is Denver. Week eight is Houston. Week nine is Carolina. Week 10 is LA. Week 11 is Charleston. And week 12 is San Diego. L versus Denver. I thought you had them last season, though. Yes, so that's the same thing. If Nelson says his team is going to be AZ, I want to know what player he thinks will be a difference maker in that game. Okay, so who do I think will be a difference maker in that game? Cam asked me. I think Ezekiel Love is going to be somebody that is going to be a surprise for many teams. I think um, what he's able to do with John Truesman um, and myself at tight end will, will create some blocking lanes for Ezekiel, and I think a lot of person. One person. Just one person. Ooh. Dang. Okay. So one person who's going to make the difference against a- Arizona. Bernard Patterson. I think VP is going to come to come together, and you're going to see that it's going to be really hard to get through VP. And when VP, as, as good as VP is, he's going to open up a lot of lanes for the other three. So I think that's the one person that's going to make it uh, quite difficult from there. Uh, thanks, Cam, for that question. You know, hopefully I answered it correctly. Uh, he said, Denver, again, we talked about Denver, right? And that's kind of the rivalry game that we want to have. And I watched that game and whew, let me tell you, we should have won it, uh, but we didn't. So, <laughs> Cam, wow, man, where's the loyalty with Annapolis, man? He says, Eddie, there, there's your game plan. You're mm-hmm. welcome. <laughs> man, Cam, all right, well, we see each other um, we'll, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to show no love on week four, all right? Um, and then he has this here, win versus L.A. Um, Carolina is going to be tough with the new O.C. So I think he's giving Carolina that win, win over Houston, loss against Charleston. Even though, Eddie, we did beat Charleston at one time and win over San Diego. So what does that total come out to, Ben? Do you know? I think it's 93 or 84. All right, eight and four. Look, One, eight and four. Two, three, four. Yeah, I think it's eight and four. Seven and five. I don't know. I got to So is it? Is it eight and four? Yeah, I, I think. I my prediction is that we're gonna lose Vancouver. We're gonna lose against. Um, Carolina, and we're gonna lose against Charleston. I guess go nine and three. Nine I, and I just three. think this game is gonna be tough. I think I think again it, it's it's gonna be tough. Um, I'll take both of those. I'm gonna keep my predictions to myself right now, uh, just for the sake of time. But um, again, I appreciate everybody who has listened to the show. Uh, thank you, Eddie, for this fun engagement. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, David. Thank you, um, 
you know, Eddie, thank you, uh, Krim, who was on earlier. Like, thank you to each and every one of you guys. Um, and again, <laughs> more questions being asked. We'll talk it off all air. But again, thank you guys for joining us. It's still the holidays, so it's okay for me to play this to close it out tonight. Um, but you guys have a safe New Year's. Um, again, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting, <laughs> the outcome of the games and everything like that. But I, I hope you guys have safe and happy holidays. Um, I'm going to keep on playing Christmas music until I can't no more. My Christmas tree is staying up until February, so eat these. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but you, everybody have a good night. Thank you again, and we'll see you next Monday on SFL Audible.